a lot of everybody's focus is always on how do I get more leads in, right? Mm -hmm. How do I get more leads into the top of the funnel? And my position is you have to have lead flow, right? So that's number one. But it's the marrying, the syntax, the synergy between the sales and the marketing side. And a lot of the really, really, really good marketing trainers or advertising folks or lead generation folks don't really synthesize the two. And I really wanted to focus on the synthesization. Higher closing rates will happen when you have a fuller pipeline. It's a byproduct. So you have to fill the pipeline in. But it goes back to how we started this conversation of why did I do this at this time and, and bring the partners on that I have. It's because of the fact that people would certainly do a lot of marketing, but their sales were stagnated, right? Or they weren't growing or their teams weren't closing at the rate is. And really sales is the only thing that puts money into the cash register. Everything else is a cost right? Everything else. Uh, marketing is a cost. Some mm -hmm. could argue it's an investment, right? Some could argue, yeah, and, and certainly there is that argument, but it, you know, you can have all the leads in the world, but until they, until they say yes, and they, and they buy on the dotted line or they click on the click the buy now button or however your sales process is, it doesn't matter. Welcome back to the Cold Star Project. I'm your host, Jason Cadigan, founder of this thing, Cold Star Technologies, a data science and process improvement firm. But before that, I was a sales trainer for 10 years, and I am here with Nick Luisi. He is currently the fractional sales and marketing leader, founder, owner of uh, Sales Performance Team. And I wanted him on because we've known each other for years, and uh, he started this company. There is a great deal of benefit that he has to bring to the table for companies that need sales help. Uh, thanks for being here, Nick. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Jason. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Uh, the space you're in is fascinating to me, and I just appreciate uh, you having me on. Well, awesome. Well, the world needs to hear more about what you have to offer. And I'm going to go through some of the goodies that you've been involved sure. in here. So sure. sit back, have some coffee, because it's going to take a minute, folks. Okay. So uh, past president of Glazer Kennedy slash Magnetic Marketing. All right. If you guys don't know who Dan Kennedy is, you ain't marketers. <laughs> so I recommend you go check that out. Uh, Dan Kennedy and, and his firm uh, have been staples of the marketing industry for what feels like a century. Uh, really gold standard stuff, right? Uh, if you if you need premium um, sales and marketing positioning type help, that's who you went to. And Nick here was the president of all that. And so he may know a thing or two about a thing or two, right? But I was surprised to look back through your history and find that you were um, a, an adjunct professor of marketing at North Park mm -hmm. University in Chicago. I think mm -hmm. few people will look this far down on the LinkedIn resume because you got to click a couple times right, to get down there. And for nine years, you were a vice president of sales and marketing for um, Provena Mercy Medical Center. Nine years, $156 million division. This guy, folks, has dealt with some serious budgets and some serious money. Um, I mean, you've got some oomph behind you, and, and, and that's a major reason why I want you on to talk about uh, uh, selling with me here. Now, I have co-founded and run, unfortunately, a third-party sales team business. And, man, it was rough. I, I did it for a couple of years and exited uh, to focus on this thing. Um, it's tough. It's time-consuming. And yet, this is what you have chosen to focus on with your business, outsource sales forces, 
the sales room war strategy, consulting, and sales boot camps. Why did you choose these execution-focused areas uh, of business? You know, it's a great question, right? You know, the easier way to do it is is to kind of be the consultant for hire, right? Kind of come in, uh, you know, say this, 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 and this, have a lot of really good PowerPoint decks, uh, and you leave them with, here is what you need to do. But the space that I'm in and the space that I enjoy being in is in the small to medium-sized business, right? You know, kind of what we all do every day. And they don't need another consultant, right? They need help with execution. They need help with implementation. The one thing I heard day in and day out when I got to talk to some of the greatest members in the world, which were the GKIC, the Dan Kennedy followers, those people were phenomenal. Dan is the best in the world at what he does, and he brings people in, and they just love his teachings. Um, they all struggled with the implementation, right? And so I felt that, I can help the world by focusing on the implementation. I have some gifts. I have some skills. I always want to get better at these gifts and skills, but I really wanted to focus on the implementation side of the business, what I call kind of the blue collar, right? It's not sexy, but it gets the job done. And the best way to do that is what we started, which is, you know, kind of the outsource sales, right? So it's for the company that wants to scale up their sales team or wants to scale up their sales management, but can't afford to make the investment. They hire us. Uh, and what we're finding in the COVID time, and you know, I don't know when this is gonna be released, but you, know, you and I are talking right before the July 4th holiday, you know, it's still scary out there, right? And what we thought maybe we got through and not got through, and I'm not gonna talk about the politics of it, but it's still scary. And businesses aren't looking to, they need to ramp up their sales, but they don't want to ramp up their FTE counts. And so we're finding more and more people willing to have conversations with us. So it's just, you know, hey, I'd rather be lucky than good, Jason. Uh, and, you know, maybe I got lucky at this time of, of starting this right at this time. Okay. It's, it's a business plan. People ask me about this, yeah. right? You know, it's a business plan that I wrote over a year ago, coming back from Milan, Italy. Hmm on a business trip. And from planes, trains, and automobiles, I had eight hours plus of unadulterated time. And I got to focus on this. And it's my brain, uh, my opus, uh, so to speak, and my brain dump of, of that entire flight. Nice. Well, what kinds of things have you heard from clients? What have clients told you that they need help with in, in sales? Well, one is, um, let's, let's be honest, right now, sales, time frames are longer right the buyer's timeline are is elongated and so what happens and you know this because you were in this business salespeople, at present company included we're, we're lazy right we go to the flowing water we don't want to deal with the long tail sale and so sales are having a longer tail and so you need to be more fanatical about your follow-up funnels your follow-up processes the other things that clients tell me is that they know that their sales team are not following a sales process, mm -hmm. right? And so that scares them. That keeps them up at night. And so the first thing we do is say, okay, we're going to audit what you're currently doing. So we're going to go through a massive checklist of everything that we've kind of put together over the years of what's the most important thing. And then from that, we're going to give you, here's where you're at. Here's where you need to go. And we're going to work with you in building a sales process that is proven, 
that is tested, most importantly, Dan Kennedy World, test, 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 and it is repeatable. And so what we had found, uh, great company, GKC, you know, we were able to bring maybe people that weren't in the sales arena their entire lives. Maybe they were out of college, maybe they were younger kids, and teach them a proven and repeatable sales process that they could execute over the course of time, over and over and over again. And so that's what we're bringing to the marketplace every day, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. Well, I, that proven sales process and common sales process across companies, I have worked uh, with companies, uh, multi hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, multinationals, all the way down to startups. And, and it's the same everywhere. There is no consistent sales process in any of these places. You can walk across the hall in the sales department from one cubicle to another and hear completely different conversations going on and go, wow, that, that the prospective customers, both of them are receiving completely different experiences, right? And if that doesn't terrify you as an executive, I don't know what will, right? You know, I've got my own thing, sales on fire, proven sales process, been out there for eight years, but I don't have the time to do what Nick does with the coaching and the adjusting and the tweaking and the listening and all that stuff. So that, that's really, really important. You know, the one thing that we find from business owners that engage, especially, you know, uh, the, let's call it this, this SMB market, that they say, thank you, because now I am not held hostage to my sales team. Right. If I have a proven and repeatable sales process that I can now plug and play and train people in, I could scale up upon demand. I could scale down upon demand. You know, so it, it is now up to me on the execution of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So getting back some agency and control rather than yeah, feeling like yeah, right. stuck with these netwits or these are the Lego pieces. <laughs> sure. I, and you know, and, and yeah. you know, the last thing we do on any engagement is say, Oh, you need to remove your sales team. Right. Mm-hmm. But one is the business owners be like, Hey, you know, great, but you know, they're who I got and, and they've got me this far. So what we say is, okay, through a process and improvements, we're going to focus on really driving a process that works. And so that your team, one is you have to measure it. They have to adhere to it, but you'll never be at the mercy of a sales floor again, or a sales team again. Mm. That, that's power. That's yep. a sense of power and motion as a yep. business owner, a leader. Very, very valuable. What do you see that is wrong in selling and sales processes today that you want to correct? And how does that lead to results? We've touched on it, but let's dig yeah. into it a little more. Well, one is the one thing that we've hit, right? And we're going to sound like a broken record. One is, you know, a proven and repeatable sales process. I think that's the key. I think you hit it on the head, Jason, and you're so smart with that statement of how scary of a customer experience is it when rep A rep B and rep C are all delivering different, right? right? Different, different speeches, different scripts, different discovery, inbound calls. I mean, it, it, if you don't have a, a process for it, you know, forget it. So that, that's the first thing. Uh, and I think that's what's broken, right? And then there's the, oh, I don't like scripts. Mm. Well, why not? You know, and I'm like, you know, did you watch TV last night? Did you watch a movie over the weekend? Those are people that are getting paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money um, to really focus on 
delivering a script in, in such a way that it's natural. The second thing that we have found, and um, I, I partner with a guy uh, heavy on the tech space in this, is the perhaps let's call it the redeployment of FTEs. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you may have five sellers, but really you only have two sellers and you have three other guys that are kind of at the margin, guys or gals at the margin. And so what we say is let and it's the theory of constraints and you're a theory of constraint mm -hmm. guys. I know I can just tell by this. So we look for what's the constraint in the sales process. And then we look at, okay, two really high powered closers. Let's fill them up all day long. Let's have them have 10. If it's in this tech space, 10 demos or whatever it is, 10 discovery calls. 12, 15, whatever they can manage. So all they do all day long is tee up and close, tee up and close. And so kind of filling them in. You know, Aaron Ross uh, did a lot of work with this, but it's really, you know, that's an old book, which is predictable revenue models, right? It's great. It's foundational. Everybody should have it on their bookshelf. Everybody should read it. Everybody should study it. But really what we're saying is it's not one, you know, setter for four closers nowadays. It's maybe three setters for one closer, right? And, and setters are easier to get. You just get them and you just have your closers filled up. And what you see is exponential growth on uh, on the revenue side because of that. Mm. I know some companies that could use that, <laughs> that uh, kind of thinking. Right? Yeah. When, when do you believe clients should, or potential clients should be approaching you for your expertise? Uh, what are the signals that because like, let's not leave it up to them to decide like, oh, well, I think what, what thermometer readings can they be looking at that should tell them, uh oh, well, they know they have a, let's call it they have a functioning, maybe not a great functioning, uh, <laughs> but they have a functioning sales team, but they know that they could be doing more, right? Um, two is maybe the owner is looking to start thinking about his exit. Right. So he wants to talk about his enterprise value or his valuation mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that maybe, you know, earnings is flat or slight, you know, it's only getting a three percent growth and EBITDA is flat. And so those are the best ones that we look at. But we work with anybody, Jason, you know, um, you know, love them. You know, my heart goes out to them. The the entrepreneur that you know, has a business idea, but it isn't proven and tested in the marketplace, probably isn't the right place for us and the right people. We could get them to the appropriate people if somebody wants to reach out to us about that. But really, uh, folks that are you know kind of maybe mature or in the declining on their revenue side and really want to run a go, or people that know that they have the right product or service at the right time, but they just cannot get the growth. And we're here to help them for that. Cool. Cool. In your experience, <laughs> there's always a temptation to blame the salesperson in oh, companies, yeah. right? Come crashing down. People often uh, miss the sales process that it even exists, right? I mean, how would you see it if you don't even have one, let's say? So how, how often in your experience is the salesperson in need of improvement versus the sales process? Well, the first person they blame always is the, is the sales manager, right? And then they blame the sales process. Um, and I don't think it's either of those folks. Um, you know, one is, and I think we were talking a little bit about this in the pregame, you know, look at lead flow, right? What is the lead coming in? What's the inbound lead coming in? Mm -hmm. What's the score of the lead? What's the source of the lead? Not all sources considered uh, the same. Are they getting a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of, of people that, you know, don't really know 
what they want. And so now the education process has to happen because they're not doing educational based uh, lead generation. So it's really the process and it's the front end process. It's the middle process and the back end process. Um, if you've hired the right person, you've hired the right archetype that, uh, you know, you have a really good focus on who you want to service your clientele, what that person looks like um, and what traits you're, you're hiring for. As long as you get them right, then you're good. And it's the process. Okay. So we've been talking a little bit about separating signal versus noise uh, yeah. for Love business it. owners, right? Mm -hmm. Coming in and, and applying this process, putting it in place, teaching the salespeople, coaching them and that. Um, how do you know? <laughs> it's pretty easy to see when something's going wrong. How do you know when it's going right? Is, is, is sales and revenue the only indicator? Well, sometimes you have KPIs along the way, right? And so you're looking at uh, deal size, right? You know, and maybe we're doing the same amount of uh, flow, but we're, we're increasing the enterprise value, uh, customer long-term value, right? So what's happening on that? Uh, deal to close, right? So mm -hmm. open to close, what is that time frame? You know, have we been able to shave off 30, 60, 45 days, whatever that looks like? Um, you know, there's been a couple of people you know, that have a year sales process. You need some tenacity to really be focused on that. Uh, the best metric, because it's what everything gets judged on at the end of the day, though, is sales. It's my belief. You know, it, it, it's what goes into the bank. It, what you pay your mortgage on. It's what you pay the employees on. It's what you pay down your debt if you have it. Um, and it's it, what makes the world go round. So, you know, we're, we're capitalists first. <laughs> All right. This thing, Cold Star, does a lot of process improvement work. Uh, and I know it's going to be a great project when the client says to me, I'm sick and tired of all this crap, just throw it all out. Right? Let's start over and get it right. I'm ready, right? right? right. I, all right, clean slate. They're not going to be buttressed against anything, trying to keep me away from stuff. Or what, what do you hear that tells you, yeah, this is going to be a great project? I think that's it, right? I think they, when there's self it, awareness that it's broken um, or self-awareness that they don't know what's going on, right? And they're open to really having what we, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record. And for those that are listening, it's because it's the most important thing. And Jason, you know this, it's, you know, once you get a documented, proven and uh, tested and repeatable sales process, then you're good to go. And you know, you need to kind of find out how things are getting sold, right? So when you start the engagement, how are you doing things? There's probably one person that is doing it in a proven, in a, in a way, a repeatable way. They just don't have it documented. And then it could be expanded upon. Uh, and it goes back to, I think, pre- you know, the world that we're in today is very similar to selling into the 2008, 2009 mm -hmm. world, right? And, you know, it's a famous study by Harvard. And, you know, all types of purchasing timelines got expanded at the bare, you know, 18 months, you know, it's so it's just having the intestinal fortitude and building in the touches and the outreach and the, and the management to make sure that you are the last man standing one, maybe if you're a competitive bid situation, right? So you get, you get the process. Now we all want to be in a category of one where we're the only people that they're talking to and we can set our price. That's not as realistic as some of the teachers out there will let you think. But, you know, I believe that it's those that focus on the middle of the funnel to the end of the funnel and market and sell all the way through that will win. 
Excellent. Yep. Uh, having, having that consistent process, follow-up measures, people actually looking at these things. Um, and, and as you say, finding the high performer and mapping out what are they doing that works and then showing that. I got to say, folks, uh, I, <laughs> I started off out of college in a sales role. My first boss thought I would be good at it. I wanted to resist because my training had been in factory management, you know, and uh, I went in and out of sales roles for like 10 years before it occurred to me to ask the question, hey, wait a minute, why do I get some orders and I don't get others? Well, that's a long time <laughs> and be in sales roles and be considered pretty good at selling because I was a good features and benefits based salesperson at the time, you know, um, to finally wake up and ask, wait a minute, is it, how do I find out why some people are buying and others aren't and, and, and get better at this, right? And that was the day that I started proceeding down the path to, to where I am today, where I've been a sales trainer for 10 years. Um, Nick, do you get into any um, behavioral profiling systems or anything like that? What we might call personality tests, although that's an inaccurate uh, name for it. Yeah, of course we do. Mm -hmm. um, I want to touch on something first that you just sure. said, because I think it's so important yeah. that you talked about that people kind of gloss over. Then I'll go back to mm -hmm. your question, because it's a good question. The two best books that I've ever read about sales, one is The Goal. Mm -hmm. And two is Moneyball. And it's really just applying a process and system and looking for the theory of constraints. Yeah. Neither one of them are sales books, right? And neither right. one of them are really business. You know, one's a business book, obviously. But it's really the focused on where is the constraint in the sales process? Why do some win? Why do I lose some? What is the process and how do I break it down? Now, um, and coming from a manufacturing background like you did and the work that you do, you know, at Coldstar and the other companies that you own, you know, it's so important. And um, that I think that's, that is the future, right? Mm -hmm. It's not sexy. It's not, you know, here are four lines that you repeat and people will drop, you know, right. hand down and sign. It's not sexy stuff. But I think, you know, know it, it's the wave of the future uh so to answer your question which is a great question is yes obviously we do a lot of really behavioral profiling um and looking for you know disc is a good one mm -hmm. right and it's the easiest one to get to right. there's some there's some classifications that you look for at disc uh i'm you know, a high driver but also a high intuitive person i'm looking for high empathy i'm testing mm -hmm. for empathy so not sympathy but empathy right so they could have so a fair level of understanding um um, there's another great one uh, that we use. It's a little bit more expensive, right? So you have to have, uh, you know, but you're making a major investment. And, you know, they say, you know, the amount that you could, with the mistake of hiring the wrong salesperson, it could cost you half a million to a million dollars. So it's worth a couple hundred bucks on the testing. Uh, there's uh, one that we use to look at where are the risk profiles of this person, hmm. right? Salespeople are the best at interviewing, right? And they're the, the best interview they're going to give <laughs> is at that sales yep. you know, interview. And so you really want to be able to kind of shift that through. Um, and there's some things that you could, you know, there's the X factor, quote unquote, that we look for. There's things that you could test in the interview. There's certain things you could do on pushback to see how they fold through. Hey, listen, my first sales job um, out of college, um, I got hired into a management trainee program, right? And went through all the different departments. And then I said, well, I told you I wanted to be in sales. And they said, well, great kid. 
you're 20 something, he ain't going to be selling for us for another 10 years or something like that. But you could go to this department, <laughs> you go to that department. Right? No, you know, and so I, I went and got a sales job at, and I had had an offer for, you know, insurance sales, which is what everybody kind of gets into. I had one before, it was one of the a couple offers. And so I, I kind of went in that field and the, you know, the hoops that they make you jump through to check the tenacity, um, albeit somewhat old school and primitive of methodologies, I think, especially in today's time of testing the person's internal fortitude of how they will stick with things is so important in the sales process. Mm -hmm. Critical. Uh, yeah, back in the day, I would interview very well because I've always been comfortable with um, multiple interviewers, you know, uh -huh. me versus four or five, six other people never phased me. And I could talk myself into jobs that I really <laughs> shouldn't have been in, you know. Um, there was one memorable occasion where I got told, where's the guy from the interview? Because my performance had been so good, um, and I hadn't been able to maintain that persona for uh, for months and months and months, you know. Afterwards, so yeah, that's that's a scary thing. So it's good that you've got some screening things in place. Um, I've seen a couple of those over the years that have been pretty good. But uh, sounds like you you want to keep that uh, sort of inside that uh, that it's your thing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but, it's yeah. I think you know. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the second one that we used, and I apologize to your audience. The gentleman that we use uh, for many years, a great guy, is Jay Henderson, right? So they okay. can just Google up Jay Henderson yeah. and yeah. look for that. And then the disc, um, you know, anybody, you know, if they want to shoot me an email about disc, we right. can get them to the right disc profile. And then there's two other selects, and that's ability and willingness to sell, right? Mm -hmm. So that's you know, so it's the disc profile and the uh, the ability and willingness to sell. Uh, and then there's the empathy screening. It's not called mm -hmm. that; it's called something else. But there's a, you know, that you're looking for. So it's a couple different add-ons. And it's the most inexpensive, you know, a testing that I've seen. There's another grit test. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they could just Google up grit tests that I like to look at, too. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the, uh, those are the three to four that I've always focused on. Okay. Well, let's finish up with this question here. It's one that you put on our list. Uh, okay. And you, okay. you've answered it a little bit already, but I want to see what else we can extract <laughs> from this particular ore mine here. What did you see at your years at Glazer Kennedy, GKIC, uh, and your own agency, because you did run uh, an agency of your own before this one, that caused you to start the sales performance team organization now? So um, one is a lot of everybody's focus is always on how do I get more leads in? Right. Mm -hmm. How do I get more leads into the top of the funnel? And my position is it, it, it is you have to have lead flow. Right. So that's number one. So so there's great places. Glazer Kennedy, GKIC, Magnetic Marketing. Those are all phenomenal places to start and figure out how to get the lead flow in. But it's the marrying, the syntax, the synergy between the sales and the marketing side. And a lot of the really, really, really good marketing trainers or advertising folks or lead generation folks don't really synthesize the two. And I really wanted to focus on the synthesization. Uh, so, you know, higher closing rates will happen when you have a fuller pipeline. It's just, it's just a, it's a byproduct. So you have to fill the pipeline in. But it goes back to how we started this conversation of why did I do this at this time and, and bring the partners on that I have. It's because of the fact that people 
would certainly do a lot of marketing, but their sales were stagnated, right? Or they weren't growing or their teams weren't closing at the rate is. And really sales is the only thing that puts money into the cash register. Everything else is a cost, right? Everything else. Uh, marketing is a cost. Some could argue it's an investment, right? Some could argue, yeah, and, and certainly there is that argument. But, it, you know, you can have all the leads in the world, but until they until they say yes and they and they buy on the dotted line or they click on the click the buy now button or however your sales process is, it doesn't matter. And so I have a formulaic belief in this one mantra. And it's if you believe in your product and service and you believe in your product and service is the right solution for your customer or your prospect or the person that you're across the table from or the phone or the video, the Zoom thing, it is your moral responsibility to close them. If you believe for in your heart and I'm carrying that through, right? And I'm carrying that through. And I believed in my heart of hearts that, hey, I knew that when I owned my lead generation shop, we were the best at what we did. And so my job was to close you. Because your job, Jason, is to run your business right. every day, right? Your job is to focus on your employees and your if you have shareholders or whatever it is. That's your job. Our job is to close the business and get you to say yes. And now you get all the benefits because you get no benefits, right? Yeah. You know, and it goes back to an interesting analogy that uh, somebody told me, a great marketer told me, you know, and we talk about, you know, sales trainers or, you know, coaching and all that. We talked a little bit about the beginning of this and said, listen, if you're having a heart attack, you don't want the heart surgeon to come and say, here's a book. You know, read it up and, you know, right. study it and you could join my coaching group and I'll teach you how to do a heart surgery. No, you want somebody to come in and say, okay, let's get it done. We're doing it tomorrow at nine o'clock. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Let's go. Right. Uh, and we're going to crack open that chest and we're going to put you on a bypass machine and we're going to get you the valve, uh, you know, the pig valve and we're going to get going. And when you get out of here, you're going to have a heart of a 40 year old. So, you know, th that's really the approach that we've taken taken and, and why we've done what we are. There's some phenomenal top of the funnel people out there. There's some phenomenal lead folks out there. There's some phenomenal funnel builders out there. They're great. But one thing that is always missing is that ability to have the sales process that asks for the business and gets the business. Mm -hmm. No, that's what we do. Excellent. Excellent. And I will echo you on the idea that uh, if I know that I am the best choice, for that prospective client. I don't want them going anywhere else. I don't want them shopping around. I don't want them looking at anybody else and I'm gonna stop them from doing that right. <laughs> and get them to deal with me. And it's fun, it's fun for everyone. So that moral responsibility thing, yep, completely agree with it. Nick, how can people get a hold of you if they're excited about what they have heard and want to see if you're fit to work together? Yeah, I think, you know, the best way to do it is is they can check us out online, uh, which is salesperformanceteam.com, salesperformanceteam.com. Shoot me an email, nick at salesperformanceteam.com. Coming from the Dan Kennedy world, I've got a ton of content, right? So we'll shoot you whatever you need. And, you know, we got ebooks and white papers and all that good stuff. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, let's start the conversation. They give us a call. Uh, if they, you know, if they use the phone in this day and age, not a lot of people do, but if they do, I'm a phone guy, 847-720-4264, right? And just, you know, well, we could chalk and, hey, I got a problem. This is what I'm thinking about. Or I heard you say this. I'm curious about that. Or here's my situation. Does it make sense? And 
you know, we're, we're here to help first, right? We want to give back. Uh, it's lonely being an entrepreneur. It's even lonelier when the revenue isn't where you want it to be and when the cash isn't want it to be. So we're here to help you. All right. Nicholas Luizzi, founder, owner of Sales Performance Team. Got it right. Got it <laughs> Thanks right. for being here today. Right. This was fun. Right. Jason, thank you. Thank you for all that you do uh, for everybody. Uh, you know, you're a great interviewer. You are very thorough. It must come through that process improvement and that stuff that you work. But most importantly, you're a great entrepreneur. So thank you for everything that you're doing.